Thanks for tuning in to the Link Church podcast. Link Church is located in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is committed to linking people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. John chapter 15, we're going to read verses 1, 2, verse 5, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 16. All right, so I'll read it in your hearing. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser or the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Let's go to verse 16 of the same chapter. Now, it's funny because my wife was telling me this week that in her small group, the lady small group, that they talked about this scripture John chapter 15, verse 16. So I'm going to tell the ladies that they need to stay out my sermons. All right. They need to stay out my sermons because I had it first. Okay. I had this set up from the beginning when we started this series. Okay. This is one of my favorite scriptures, my most favorite, one of my most favorite scriptures in the Bible. Um, It just speaks to me so well. And it says, you did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. I'm excited about the word today. The word, um, the subject is I am connected. I am connected connected. Let's pray quickly. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the life-giving, transforming word of God. God, we come in here with many issues, many struggles today, but I pray this word would be a life-changing word, would be a word that we, an unprecedented word. Yeah, an unprecedented word unto your people today. Heal us and cleanse us with your word. Serve the devil an eviction notice out of our lives, out of our space, out of our environment, through your word today. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I am connected. And um, I think out of the six months that we've been doing Link Church I don't think that I have really hit on the core, the heart, one of the aspects of make, what makes Link Church who we are. Um, we talk about this thing called Live Life Connected, y'all. We talk about this thing called Live Life Connected. And um, one of the scriptures that speaks so clear to me is the discourse of Jesus to his disciples in John chapter 15. If I rehearse and recount the messages that I've preached over the years since I've been preaching, I think I've preached this text the most. 
because it just resonates with me. This, this whole thing about connection, this whole thing about linking, this whole thing about being connected. Jesus is talking to his disciples in John 15, and he is showing them an analogy. He's showing them a metaphor that they can understand. He's talking to them about this vine that has branches. And so he says to them in the first verse, he says that I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. But I want to go to verse 5 because he says that I am the vine and you, my disciples, my children, you are the branches. So you got this picture where Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, which means that the vine is that source. It is the core from which the branch gets its sustenance, gets its nutrients and gets its life. That if the branch is not connected to the vine, then the branch will not be able to survive. Are y'all with me today? That the branch's survival, its life is dependent and contingent solely on its connection to the vine. That the, the branch, its life, its purpose is in jeopardy if it is not connected properly to the vine and 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 connection is essential y'all because the things that we are most connected to feed us and the branch is fed from the water that comes from the vine and and when i look at the landscape and the typography of the world today of christianity today of our generation I'm perplexed and I ponder the state of our connection to Jesus. Are we really as connected as we should be? Yeah. Are we really as engrafted to the vine as we should be? Maybe and perhaps we are not as connected as we should be. And that could be the reason why. We are not in the place that we desire. Maybe it's not our connections with our friends that's the issue. Maybe it's our lack of connection to God. And I've been in Charlotte for a little over a year. And I've got a problem with Charlotte, y'all. I, I got a problem. Every day I face this problem. Every day this problem is bombarding my mind. And I'm like, I can't take it, God. I, I can't take this problem that I have in Charlotte. And, and this problem that I have every day that's been plaguing me is, is in my own home, Brother Dwight. I, I've got a connection problem. I got a connection problem in my own home. That every day I pick up my phone and it says no service. And, and, and I can't take it, y'all. I, I, I can't take it, y'all, because I pay a hefty price to have service. I, I, I have Verizon. Verizon, can you hear me now? No, I can't hear you. I can't. I can't hear you. And I'm paying. I'm paying more than Sprint. I'm paying more than T-Mobile. I'm paying Verizon. And every day in my house, I don't have service. And, and you should see me in my house. I'm walking to the bathroom trying to hear. 
I'm walking in my closet trying to hear. I, I, I get up under the desk and see if I can hear. You, you got to see me. I'm like hanging out the window trying to get some more bars, trying to hear because I'm on an important phone call and, and the call keeps dropping. And my signal, my connectivity is intermittent. It, it, it starts and it stops. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not. And it drives me up a wall. And I've got Wi-Fi problems. But, but I think some of us in here today, you don't have Wi-Fi problems, but you got connectivity problems and your connectivity problems are not about your, your lack of connection with your cell phone. It's about your lack of connection with your God. Mm. That your connection to your God is intermittent. Because you're well connected at church. But when you are outside of church, your, your, your bars drop. And your signal goes dead. And you don't have the connection. And some of our branches are hanging on by a thread to the vine. And, and we're wondering why life is not working. And maybe it's not working because you are not fully connected to the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, then you will bring forth fruit. But, but you can't have your purpose realized. You can't be fruitful if you don't abide, if you're not connected to the branch. And I want you to critically look at your connection to God today. Because, because we always espouse this notion at Link Church of living life connected, but you can't live life connected if you're not first connected to your God. How can you be connected to people if you're not connected to God? And, and, and so I am connected. And in verse 2, Jesus continues to talk to his disciples because we talked about last week, he's on his way out and he's leaving them nuggets of wisdom. And Jesus says to his disciples in verse two, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts off. Yeah, yeah. Mike, if you could put that verse on the screen, every branch, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, he cuts it away. And that, that raises a question in my head. That Jesus, he's cutting away every branch that doesn't bear fruit. That's hard. We talk about this grace thing. We talk about the reckless love of Jesus. But here we see a different characteristic of God. That he is willing to cut off a branch that is unproductive. Yeah. That God is as much about uh, productivity as he is about love and grace. We talk about the love of God. We talk about the grace of God. But today I want to talk about a God that demands productivity. That he is at the core of who he is. He is an investor and he demands a return on his investment. 
And he, he desires and he demands that we be productive. And if you are a branch that does not bear fruit, he is willing to cut you off because he says, I put gifts in you. I have put purpose in you. I have blessed you. I've put anointing in you. And you have the nerve not to be productive. I cut you off. Yeah. I cut you off because you are not productive with the gifts, the height, the breadth, the depth, the intellect that I have given you, the business acumen, the gift of singing, the gift of preaching, the gift of ministering, the gift of helping. I've put it in you and you are being unproductive because he is a God that demands productivity. We see this throughout history. But, but we even see it in the parables that Jesus told. There is a parable one day that he told to his disciples about a man, a master that had servants. And he was going off on a journey. And to one servant, he gave five talents. To another servant, he gave two talents. And to one servant, he gave one talent. And he says, I'm leaving, but I'm leaving you guys with these talents, with this gift, with this money. But I'm coming back for a return. And he comes back from his journey. And the one that he gave five, the one that had five produced five more and gave it back to the master. And the master had a 100% return on the five. He went to the two, the one that had two, and the one that had two brought back two more. So now the master had four from the one that he had given two. That is a 100% return on his investment. And he went to the last servant that had gotten one. And this servant said, well, master, I hid it. I buried it. Because I was afraid to use it. I was afraid to grow it. I was afraid of what would happen if I were to put it to use. And the master looks at this servant and he says, you lazy servant. The King James says, you slothful servant. And this is where we often stop reading, y'all. We stop reading right there, but it continues and it goes on. The master casts the one that did not give him a return. He casts that servant into outer darkness. He casts him into hell. And the Bible says there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I, I understand a God that will cast somebody into outer darkness because they sin. Uh -huh. Because they have not repented, because they have not accepted him. But how can I reconcile a God that will cast somebody into outer darkness because they are unproductive? Oh, y'all ain't with me today. And it's quiet in here today because God is demanding a hard thing from us today. He is demanding that you be productive. 
captive with what he has given unto you. And you have got to stop allowing whatever is stopping you in your life from being unproductive with your gift, with your business, with your intelligence, with your career, with your purpose. Because God demands productivity. And wouldn't it be a shame if you missed the paradise of God? Not because you didn't come to church. Not because you didn't lift your hands. Not because you didn't worship God. But you miss the blessings of God because you were unproductive. My God, in here today, I feel like God wants to unleash in you a level of productivity that you would stop being a branch that just flaps in the wind a branch that just has leaves on it but God is looking for some fruit do you have any fruit in here today do you have anything that is coming from your gift and your purpose I want to push you today my God yeah people don't talk about the lack of productivity in the church That we've got churches filled with people that are gifted but unproductive. Just branches hanging in the wind. But God is demanding some fruit. And for all the people in here that don't eat meat, they can can shout on this sermon. Because God demands fruit. He demands fruit. Fruit. He, he, he demands fruit. And, and the second, if you go back to that scripture, the second clause of that scripture, 15 verse 2, it says, And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So God is the master gardener. And so if you don't bear any fruit, he cuts the branch off. But if you're bearing some kind of fruit, any kind of fruit, if you're producing something, what he does is he comes to you and he prunes. He cuts. He cuts. The process of pruning. The the process of pruning. I want to talk to people today that feel like God has been cutting you, been been cutting you in areas of your life, that at one time you thought it was the devil cutting you, but now you realize it's the purpose of God, that he has been cutting and pruning you. And I want to let you know that you cannot be fruitful unless God cuts you. You cannot be productive unless he prunes you because God will prune in the area that he requires produce. 
He prunes in the area that he requires produce because a good gardener does not cut randomly. He does not cut areas of the branch that are not producing. But what the gardener does is that the gardener goes to the branch and he looks where he wants and expects fruit to come from. And in the area and the place that he expects fruit to come from, that is the place that he cuts. He cuts where he demands a result And he will cut your life, not in the place where you are strong, but he'll cut you in the place where he demands a return. Uh, Yeah, And you're wondering why it feels like your finances are being cut. It's because God expects a return. He expects a result. He expects productivity to come from your finances. And the area that you feel cut the most is often the area that God expects victory to come from. And maybe you're being cut in your emotions and you feel like I'll never be healed in my emotions. But that's the area that God is cutting you because he expects you to be whole in your emotions. There is a process of pruning and you cannot be all that God wants you to be if he does not prune you. You are not exempt from the pruning of God. In fact, if you are a child of God, you are, you are in the middle of the pruning process. What pruning process are you in today? Is God cutting you in your family? Is God cutting you on the job? Is God cutting you in your career? Does it feel like your gift is just not going anywhere? That, that you, God told you to do this, but it's not working out. And you can't be productive in it because, because it's like it's always getting cut. But it's the area that God cuts is the area that God is most concerned about. Because you're no better than Gideon. You're no better than Gideon. Because Gideon was the leader, a judge in the land of Israel. And he was going up to battle against the Midianites. 30,000 men with Gideon. They were going up to battle. And God says, in order for you to get the victory, I have got to trim you. I have got to cut you. I have got to cut away the superfluous. I've got to cut away the excess because you will never win with the excess. You will always win with the minimal because God wants to take your minimal and maximize the minimum that you have because God is not interested so much in the minimum that you have. He's interested in how he can maximize the minimum that you 
you have because God wants to prune you and cut you down. So he looks at Gideon and he says to Gideon, Gideon, I've got to cut you in the space, in the area that you expect victory to come from, Gideon. I've got to cut you, not at your house, not with your family, not with your father, but I'm going to cut you in your army. The very place that you expect victory, I'm going to cut you right there. And he says, Gideon, tell those, everybody that's afraid to go home. And 20,000 folk go home. And Gideon's left with 10,000 people. And Gideon says, all right, I'm ready now. I'm ready. We're ready to win this thing. And God is saying, we're not ready yet. I've got to prune you even more. I've got to cut you even more because I've got to bring forth some more fruit. So he says, I I want you to tell the 10,000 to go down to the water. And those that lap like a dog, they're with me. And 300 people go up to fight with Gideon. Gideon started with 30,000 And God pruned him down to 300. Because God doesn't want you to get the victory because you feel like you're such a strong branch. But God wants you to get the victory because he's pruned you in the right place. Is there anybody in the auditorium today that God is pruning you? God is working on you. God is cutting you. God is trimming you. But God is trimming you so that he can cause you to triumph. You cannot triumph without the trimming because God wants to get glory out of your life and God will not cause you to be victorious because you are victorious but you will be victorious because he is on your side if God be for me who can be against me ah no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper God is pruning your life because you've got to be productive somebody shout I've got to be productive yeah that devil that's telling you right now that you cannot be productive I come against that spirit in the name of Jesus every thought in your mind that's telling you that you cannot be productive in your gifting I bind it in the name of Jesus. Everything that's telling you that you would just continue to be a branch that does not produce. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Every thought that's saying that your business will not flourish. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Because God requires that you be productive. A good businessman measures productivity productivity is the ratio the ratio at which output uh, is determined from your input and what you put in is what you get out and the rate at which what you put in to what you get out is productivity and God is saying that I've put so much in you that How is it taking so long for me to get my return? 
the rate of productivity. You can't wait another 10 years to be productive, y'all. Oh, maybe it's just me, y'all. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. People talk to me all the time about Link Church. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. In 20 years, you'll look back. I, 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 I measure productivity. I measure the rate at which the input produces output. So you could stand on the sideline if you want and wait for something to happen. I am different. I realize that God has done something special with Link Church. And he wants us to measure the rate at which we get results. So God is looking for us to measure our productivity rate. So are you measuring your productivity in your prayer? Are you measuring your productivity in your anointing? Are you measuring your productivity in your business? Are you measuring your productivity in your marriage? Oh, y'all ain't ready today. Uh, he prunes where he expects fruit to come from. It's the, it's the process of pruning. And he says in verse 16, in verse 16, I love this verse. And he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And y'all, you got to get that in your spirit. That you did not choose God, but he chose you. Out of the billions of people that have passed through earth, he chose you. He bypassed your cousin to choose you. He went around your sister and he chose you. He skipped over your best friend and he chose you. We are under the notion today that we have done something to produce and procure our grace from God. But if it wasn't the, the mind of God that chose you, then you would not even be here today. The fact that one day you opened your heart and you said, God, I want to follow you. You think it was your choice, but it was the choice of God that was put in your heart that motivated you to choose him. Oh, that was too quick for y'all. It, 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 it was, it was uh, the choice of God put in your heart that opened your heart and opened the door that allowed you and motivated your mind to make a decision to choose God. And you think, you think that somehow you came to God, but I'm sorry, dead people can't walk, they can't talk, they can't make decisions. And Paul says that you were dead in your trespasses and sins and sins. And while we were dead, Christ died for us. You did not make a choice, but Christ has made you alive because he chose you. You did not choose him, but he chose you. It was a thought of God off in the eternity of heaven that one day thought about you and said, I'm going to choose you to be born when you are born I'm going to choose you to grow up where you grew up even if you didn't have a mama present a daddy present it's because God chose you to be in those circumstances 
So his will will be done in your life. Uh, you, were, you were recorded in the, in the chronicles of eternity because God had you on his mind because he chose you. You cannot procure your anointing. You cannot procure your purpose. It's because God in his grace and God in his mercy and God in his favor and God in his power procured you're gifting and put you here right now and I need somebody in here to lift your hands open up your mouth and say thank you Jesus I am here today because you chose me yeah you chose me you chose me you pulled me out of the club you pulled me out of the relationship you pulled me out of the drugs you pulled me out of my own mind because you chose me shama i feel the anointing of god in this house you're not so good you're not so smart you're just chosen the bible says that many are called but few shamando are chosen you are chosen and that should be enough for you to open up your mouth and say thank you God for choosing me and, and he chose you the scripture goes on verse 16 it goes on to say that you have not chosen me but I've chosen you that you would go and bring forth fruit. Your purpose is a decision from God, my God in heaven. Your, your, your purpose is not your decision, but it is the choice of God that you go and be fruitful. You think you're smart. You think you could come up with the business. It's, it's, the, it's the catalytic choice of God that is motivating you to be fruitful. Any fruit that you produce on the earth is a direct result of God's choice in eternity. You're just walking out the choice that he already made in eternity. And he says that you would go and bring forth fruit. And this is what I like, y'all. And that your fruit would remain. Mm. That that your fruit would remain? You're trying to tell me, God, that when you ordain me, when you call me, when you choose me, when you connect me, that it's going to remain? You're trying to tell me that what I'm going through right now is not going to kill me? You're trying to tell me, God, that what I'm feeling right now, it's, it's not my fruit about to drop from my branch. The wind is blowing in my life and my fruit is dangling in the wind and it feels like I'm going to lose my purpose. It feels like I'm going to lose my anointing. It feels like I'm going to lose my house. It feels like I can't pay the bills. It feels like I'm just going to die, God. But he says no matter how the wind blows, your fruit is going to remain. No matter how the enemy tries to attack your branch, your fruit is going to remain. I don't know if you understand the power in that phrase that it's not you that is keeping you but it is God that is keeping you 
Hallelujah. It's not you that is keeping you. It is God that is keeping you. He has ordained your productivity and he has he has ordained your sustainability. Oh, you've got sustaining power. That that spirit of suicide, those suicidal thoughts can't can't take you out because you're not going anywhere. You're remaining under the power of God. And, and he says that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit will remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Now, now how do we reconcile that one? Because I've been asking for a lot of things that I haven't gotten. Uh, it's one of the more perplexing scriptures in the Bible. I ask it in Jesus' name. I ask it in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. I ask it in all the, I ask it in El Shaddai. I ask it in Jehovah Jireh. I ask it in Jehovah Nisi. I ask it in Jesus. And, and, and I'm still not producing. I'm still not producing. I'm still not getting it. And here is the answer. I'll come back next week, y'all, and I'll tell y'all the answer. Here, here, here is, here is the answer. You will get what God has for you. Not on the strength of your ask but on the strength of your connection. I'll say it again. You will not get what you need from God on the strength of your ask. You can fast. You can pray. You can go 40 days, 40 nights. You could stay in your house. You could spin around 10 times. You can throw down $1,000 on the altar. It is on the strength of your connection to God that you will get what you ask. It says, in my Father's name, which means in the will of my Father, according to his will. And so, it's, and so you, you need to use the name of Jesus. That's the name that, that the universe knows. That's the name that devils know. Yeah, yeah, you won't get power. You won't get a breakthrough until you apply the name of Jesus. But I have to tell you that I, I use the name of Jesus and I sometimes don't get it. And I don't get it because my connection is not strong. Because I'm asking for something that is not in his will. I'm saying, God, take me out of this situation, but it's not in his will. God, 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 I need a new job, but it's not in his will. God, I need the promotion, but it's not in his will. God, I need the husband. It's not in his will, not now. God, I, I, I need you to, to help me to get into that school. It may be in his will, but it may not be time. And you don't get it because the connection is not strong. And the way that you get what you want from God, 
is to be in his will. Because his ways are not your ways, y'all. His thoughts are not your thoughts. You think you know what God wants from you. But you're living off of an intermittent connection. A start and a stop connection. But once the connection is so strong, you begin to realize, oh, he really doesn't want me to go down that road. There's times in my life, y'all, I got rejected from from, uh, graduate school three times. And I prayed and I fasted to get in. And he said, no. And I didn't realize until later that it, wasn't, it was because I wasn't connected. I, I could have saved the money. It was expensive to apply. I could have saved the money. But I wasn't in his will. And so what I want to throw out to you today is get the connection It's the best thing that you can do. It'll stop you from praying for bills to be paid. It'll stop you from from praying for, for, for this and for that and for things. And you'll ask things in his name according to his will. And he will give it to you. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information about Link Church, you can visit us on the web at www.linkchurchnc.org.